Welcome to another episode of the Liberators Network podcast. My name is Christian Verwijs, I'm one of the two Liberators. And in this episode, I'm going to read a part of our upcoming book on how to survive zombie scrum. The scrum framework urges teams to involve stakeholders, but many scrum teams struggle to do so. For example, involving one or two internal stakeholders seems to be plenty. For others, stakeholders can only be involved when the entire product is done. In a previous post, we captured some of the symptoms that let you know that your stakeholders are not adequately involved. And this episode will cover the main causes behind this zombified interaction between scrum teams and stakeholders. The curious case of stakeholder distance. Let's review. Scrum works best when there is a tight interaction between the Scrum team and its stakeholders. Organizations that are infected with Zombie Scrum show little to no actual stakeholder involvement. Make no mistake, some people may be involved, and they may even be called stakeholders or even customers by the team. However, they are usually only proxies for real users and real customers as they don't actually pay for the product or use it themselves. When you trace the product backlog items that a team is working on back to their source, that is the stakeholder whose need they represent, you will find that there is considerable distance between them and zombie scrum teams. This distance manifests itself as a number of hops or people and departments you have to go through. It also manifests as a long wait time for the person who expressed the need and when they actually get something delivered to them. And this throws a big fat wrench into the gears of Scrum's cycle of transparency, inspection and adaptation. It's close to impossible to learn and adapt if you can't see firsthand what effect your work has on real users. No wonder that zombie Scrum teams appear so lifeless. Instead of lively interaction with their environment, all they do is churn out user stories. Whether their works makes an impact on users or customers is completely beyond them. Now, you may wonder where this distance comes from. Most organizations structure work as a sequence of specialists who apply their skill to a problem. For example, a sales department first sells the initial solution. Analysts then fully clarify the requirements so that something can actually be created to meet the needs. An architect then comes along to identify the best way to structure the solution with technology and a designer then sets about creating a nice visual design for it. Developers then implement it, after which a tester verifies that everything works as expected. And finally, a release engineer deploys it to production. An underlying belief here is that problems can be fully analyzed and designed before any work is done on actually solving it, and that, consequently, no interaction with stakeholders is necessary in between. They also believe that, in light of this, Experts working on an issue one after another is the most efficient way to go about solving problems. And this chain of specialists certainly does have some advantages. It clearly defines who is responsible for certain kinds of risks. It is also rather predictable and standardized how, when and by whom communication takes place. But there are also many downsides to this chain of specialists. Especially when you're dealing with work where the problem isn't all that clear and there's no out-of-the-box solution available. These are called complex adaptive problems, and the Scrum framework is designed precisely for them. 
Organizations that suffer from zombie scrum generally haven't realized that they're dealing with a fundamentally different type of challenge that not only requires a different problem-solving approach, but also a different organizational structure. Instead of individual experts working on a part of the solution, we need cross-functional teams instead. These teams are optimized for effectiveness and learning, not necessarily for efficiency. We need a close relationship with our stakeholders because we need them to clarify what's actually necessary and to test potential solutions with them. We need to create transparency, inspect what is happening and adapt to reality quickly and continuously. And having a chain of experts where you have many hops between stakeholders and scrum teams and where it takes a lot of time for all these hops to take place is not a way, good way to do that. Organizations that suffer from zombie scrum cling to traditional ways of organizing their work, either because they are unaware that a change is needed or they don't know how to change. Most of the time, their agile transformation is just a renaming of old structures and roles. And so the long chain of handoffs between experts lives on. We've jokingly come to call this the game of phones. All in the belief that experts analyzing and contributing a part of the solution before handing it off to someone else in the chain is the most efficient way of solving a problem. But bringing people that are actually building the product and the people whose need is being addressed together simply doesn't happen. Now, there are other reasons why the involvement of stakeholders is generally low in organizations that are dealing with zombie scrum. In our upcoming book, we describe them in much more detail, but here's an outline of some of the other causes that we've identified. The first one is this so-called separation between the business and the IT. In most zombie scrum organizations, there is a clear and artificial distinction between what people consider to be the business and the IT. Instead of working together, the two different parts of the company spend most of their time fighting each other and getting frustrated by each other's lack of responsiveness. Another cause is that there is often a strong focus on output over value and outcomes. Despite their lifelessness, most zombie scrum organizations seem to be very busy when you look at what's happening on the work floor. But very little attention is paid to what actually results from all this busyness. Another common reason is that communication happens mostly by documentation. Members of zombie scrum teams don't generally spend time talking to each other and working collaboratively on issues. Instead, they communicate through documents, and these can also be emails. Another reason is that developers tend to focus on writing code only. In a healthy scrum team, the role of developers expands from merely writing code to creating a product. Writing code is one part of that, but so is maintaining documentation, writing automated tests, and doing other work that they can do. Organizations that suffer from zombie scrum believe that developers should just stick to writing code, because that's what they were hired for. A related reason to this one is that developers are often considered to be incapable of talking to stakeholders. What you see here is that developers are kept at arm's length from customers as far away as possible. And this is often due to the old and incorrect stereotype that developers lack social skills. But this completely disregards that many developers take great joy in fixing problems for users. Another reason is that assumptions are made about what stakeholders need, but they're never verified. 
Instead of involving stakeholders, some product owners believe that validating their great product ideas isn't really necessary. They know exactly what customers need after all. And this can easily lead them down development trajectories of years without releasing anything. And that means there's huge risk. And finally, stakeholders don't want to be involved sometimes. For some teams, they do their best to involve stakeholders, but they simply don't show up. They want to see the finished thing, not any intermediary steps. Let's move to some closing words. In this episode, we explored one of the cause for zombified interactions between Scrum teams and stakeholders. Although the Scrum framework works best when there's a tight interaction between Scrum teams and stakeholders, this is often not the case. Now, if you recognize the symptoms and causes that we covered in this episode, check our other episodes about zombie scrum, or check out our book when it's published to gain inspiration, and also get your hands on many different experiments that you can try to uh, improve the situation. It's not time to remain idle. Let's start fighting zombie scrum together. I know we can. Now, you may be curious how your team is doing in terms of zombie scrum versus what we sometimes call healthy scrum. You can go online to the Zombie Scrum Symptoms Checker that we've made available for free. It contains a questionnaire of over 100 questions, it's quite long, but it gives you a very detailed analysis about what's happening in your team, but it also compares you against many of the other teams that are in our database. Um, by now, we, I think we have 1,500 teams in there, so the database is quite extensive. Give it a try. It's completely free and it's good input for your sprint retrospective. And with that, we've reached the end of this episode. Let me take a moment to thank you all for listening. We can see from the statistics that we have a thousand listeners now for most of the episodes that we publish. That's pretty awesome. And it means that we are reaching a lot of people and we're hopefully helping you in finding ways to work more effectively with the Scrum framework or to use liberating structures. Now, if you do, if you do like this episode, please consider giving it a thumbs up or liking it on whatever platform you're listening on. And we're always looking for people that are willing to support us in our work of creating more podcasts like this, writing more blog posts and adding more videos. Um, a good way to do that is through patreon.com where you can give a small amount of money on a monthly basis to help make more of this possible. I'll put the link in the show notes so you can consider and take a look. Having said all that, thank you very much for listening and I hope to see you again for the next episode. Have a great day.